from page 206 of the big book, which is from a story called Women Suffer Too. And it's the second paragraph and it goes like this. I went to a meeting to see for myself this group of freaks or bums who had done this thing. To go into a gathering of people was the sort of thing that all my life, from the time I left my private world of books and dreams to meet the real world of people and parties and jobs, had left me feeling an uncomfortable outsider, needing the, warm, the warming stimulus of drinks to join in. I went trembling into a house in Brooklyn filled with strangers, and I found I had come home at last to my own kind. There is another meaning for the Hebrew word that in the King James Version of the Bible is translated salvation. It is to come home. I had found my salvation. I wasn't alone anymore. Um, and with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Paul. Thanks, Nina. I didn't, that was on page 206. Yeah, yes, in the fourth edition. Uh, I must have been on another edition. <clears throat> but yeah, nice to see everybody. Of course, she had a resistance to going to what she needed to go to. Now, you want to call that your resistance, or do you want to call it the resistance of the parasitical movement? Be my guest. Either way, I would take the parasitical movement. There's a lot more relief uh, following that cue. Yeah. <clears throat> Why would someone be totally resistant uh, about their salvation? No, seriously. If you just think, if we're a, a uh, integral, long-lasting, independent, separate thing, you would imagine we would wish sort of the best breath for the thing, like most animals do and shit. You know, there's not many animals that are committing suicide, I don't think. Yeah, the dog here is <clears throat> completely engaged in dogness. Yeah. What is this? So, this idea of self hatred and I am my own worst enemy, you've got to see that there's a foreign pathogen going on. That's, and we're aligned with it. So, when it talks very openly about its hatreds, we think they're our hatreds. When it's constantly saying it's in fear, which it may be, we align ourselves with that and we say, I'm in fear. Yeah. And when it says, I don't want you to go to that meeting, you say, I don't want to go to that meeting. Yeah. Don't you see it? It's just something doesn't want the best for you. And it's got a strong hold in a lot of us. And it keeps us going back to the same old, same old. I mean, I, I marvel at a simple statement my nephew made to me because he's now once again trying to get sober. He's at, he went back to the same rehab he'd been at 20 years before. That's not a large life, is it? That's not an indication of a large life that you're in a rotation and lap number 20 has the same scenery as lap number one. But it wasn't lap number one. Something built up to that condition. Yeah? And now it's calling the shots for many of us. A lot of people leave a program because of it, not because of them. 
Yeah. The fucking parasites had enough. It's built up enough resentment. It's got a justified reason. And then it splits. And is that for its best interests? Yes, maybe the, the parasite's best interest. Is it our best interest that you leave when you have nowhere to go? You have no tools to live life successfully a day at a time. You've got an urge boiling up that's constantly causing you to seek fucking escape from imaginary conditions. You're totally taken over by something and it wants to go back to its habitat. And so while that's occurring, the whole story is you want to go back to that habitat. That's the bondage of self. We, our life seems to be bound to its story of its life. Yeah. Because it doesn't have a life. It's taken ours. It talks to us as us. It tells us, I hate people. Do you hate people? All the people. Come on. It's just ridiculous. It deals with always and never. It's just extreme. It reveals itself constantly, but we keep calling it us. Yeah? Hold on a second. Something went off. It's just the laundry telling it's see this is they can't even lie the, the people have built machines to deal with our incredible out to lunchness you know it's got to have whistles beeps oh just to remind us we left the fucking refrigerated door open we forgot we're doing the laundry but we're not forgetting a resentment we've had for 30 fucking years we're totally clear and revisiting that all the time, opening up that can of worms. Do you want to keep thinking it's you and trying to rehab the you that you're not? Has it actually worked that well? Has all your spiritual practices as Paul really taken you to the stars? Maybe, maybe you had a short visit, but you got kicked out, you know, quickly. The exact nature of the wrong, humbly, from someone who has suffered miserably from it and someone who has experienced great, great relief from it, is the bondage of self. Please relieve us of the bondage of self. What does that look like? It's us taking its conditions as our conditions. It tells us, oh, I don't want to do this. This, is, this isn't going to be wa-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then we, there's an alignment of our life that will actually die for it to be right. It's incredible. It really is. And you don't think it's advanced? How, did you ever think you were the drug you were doing? Did you ever think you were cocaine when you were doing cocaine? I mean, I used to do a lot of coke 10 days in a row. Not one moment did I think I was cocaine. We take ourselves to be the mental drug of self. We're starting at an extreme point I never even got close to with an extreme condition of active addiction. Never even close to thinking I was cocaine. But in this situation, we're sitting right now thinking we are what the disease presents us to be. Yeah, we are the drug that it's taking. Wow, it's amazing. We're not, that's the great news. But when you're in the act of being identified as it, as the mental states are, 
and you are aligned with that act of being identified as self, you for all intents and purposes, and me for all intents and purposes, are living the life of self, where it says any life run on self-will is hardly going to be a success. It's not talking about your life. It's talking about life run on self-will, which can be your life. And it cannot be your life if you see you're not self. Yeah, it can be your life that's not going to work out well because it's run on self-will. And it can not be, be by seeing you're not self. Yeah, yeah. Self's will needs your will to align with, yeah? To override what we call God's will. Self-will needs your will to do what it wants to do it can't get that far in its own uh fucking propulsion it doesn't have much going it's yapping constantly to convince us why because we have something it needs which is power why is it yapping all day it already has you fucked up it always has you drinking it always has you not doing what you really want to do because you're afraid of what it's going to think yeah, it already has you. Why wouldn't it let up? Doesn't it sound like it's trying to convince you of something? All day when it's yapping? It starts maybe with a little observation, then it goes into an opinion, then it has a summation, and it's like selling something. To who? If you're it, why would it have to constantly talk to you? Something other than you talks to you. Yeah, so this is what, you know, and this is not, uh, I believe a power becomes accessible through the steps of AA. I don't think the steps of AA produce the power. I think power uses the steps of AA to produce an effect, which is relief from the bondage of self. And there's enough grace, who knows why, that has been inserted in this movement of recovery that it can fucking keep us sober a day at a time with this way of life for 35 years, for 35 days. Yeah, And not only that, there'll be an ability to live life as if the problem does not exist for you anymore, which is an incredible uh, solution, really. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want it to expand? Why would you want to keep a higher power of in your own understanding? Why not surrender that and have a higher power of its own understanding? It's going to blow your little head off. Yeah. Maybe you don't have to become okay. Maybe you are okay. No, maybe you don't have to work so hard to deserve a little crumb. Maybe you can share a big piece of pie. So this is the whole point we're putting there because I never heard it in recovery at meetings. You know, they talked about ego, but there was always a someone there that was having the ego and the someone there that went wanting to lose the ego. I think that someone there is the story of self. I think we're before that. I don't think we're getting to the exact nature of the wrong, 
I because I actually believe we're observing it as the wrong. Yeah. So we're not getting to it. I feel if you get to it, it's going to show some effects that I would sort of categorize as traveling lighter. I do. Yeah. It ha would have to. Yeah. Because if you hit the buzzer and it's the real buzzer, things open up. You lose interest in self. And what happens? You gain interest, like it says. You lose interest in self. You now look at life and what you can contribute to it. You get interested in other people. You get interested in other things. The losing interest in self releases interest. Yeah, It releases your interest to go somewhere else other than the ass of fucking self. It's interest. What what drives self interest? What diminishes self loss of interest? Does self represent the interest that drives it, or are we the interest that drives self? Is the interest self's or is it ours? Is our interest in self, and that's how self is defeating us? I believe that's true. Can our interest lose interest in self? Yes, but not as self. Yeah. So you need to have the understanding that you're not something to truly start losing interest in that something. If you don't have that something, you're going to try to lose interest in self as self. That is the bondage of self. It's captured in our statement in our community, self cannot get out of self. Does that mean Paul? Let's call it Paul. Does that mean what I am can't get out of self? No, it doesn't. It means self cannot get out of itself. We can get out of it. Why? Because we're not in it. Yeah. What makes us feel we're in it? A huge amount of interest. When that interest is removed and put into other people and what we can contribute to life, yes, da, da, da. We are relieved practically a day at a time from the bondage of self. It's interest, 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 interest. Yeah. Pivots right on page 63. The pivoting of the program is losing interest in self. Everything spins off of that. Yeah. How are you going to lose interest in self as self? That's interest in self. Yeah. How? Tell me. Give me the new radical, amazing, synthesized hybrid with an ancient path fucking process. It's gonna be it's gonna be in vogue for a year and dissipate once again. Yeah, we're not getting down to the root of the problem. The root of, of the problem is we're listening to something that's completely in the act of being identified as self, and we're aligning ourselves with that. Yes, it says I'm afraid, and then I say I'm afraid. It says that guy's gonna is looking to get me. Oh, that guy's looking to get me. Yeah. It tells us what it sees, what it thinks, what it feels, and we say, "I feel that. I think that. I see that." That's bondage of self. You just it just described that the lady. Oh, I like to just be with my books and shit, and I don't want to meet people. That's fucking the parasite keeping her from what she needed, which was a community of recovery. That's exactly a perfect example of it. If she was 
her situation was strong enough that she overrode that uh, that bondage and went to the meeting and and saw her real community. Yes? Many people don't. They're in their little room listening to that story. I love my books. I love this. And they've got a giant fucking half gallon of vodka on the table. Yeah? Yeah. Because what did their head say? Oh, you don't need to go out. You, do you think they're talking to themselves? Something is talking to them. And it doesn't have their best interests at heart. I saw it tons of times. I remember I was sitting in an H&I meeting, hospital institution. Guy, I could, he was squirming in his seat. He was sober physically. Yeah. But his head had already was telling him, oh, you're going to go back out. There was so much faith in the head. He wasn't enjoying the reprieve from the bondage of self. The bondage of self was saying, oh, you're not going to get this. Let's just split tomorrow. Yeah, I could see it. It was written all over his face. He was listening to something telling him their, its agenda and taking it as his agenda. And look at what its agenda had brought him to, to his fucking knees in a down and out rehab in South Market in San Francisco, yeah? And where did he want to take him? To fucking the Tenderloin, which was the, the drug cesspool of San Francisco. That's what that thing wanted to take him. That's what that GPS, it says it's a different story. Oh, we're going to have a good time. It's taking him back to fucking hell. We have a dilemma of powerlessness. Our power has been neutered by being given to that power. It has. So you're saying, oh, tomorrow will be another day. I'm going to stop drinking. Do you? With that, Without the help? Very rarely. And if you do, it usually doesn't last. If you're a true alcoholic, you need help. You need a community. You need a lot of shit. Yeah. I'm going to make a vow to myself. You're going to break it probably in a half hour or an hour. What's what's that going to do for your confidence? Yeah. You end up, you can't, you can't even, you don't trust yourself as far as you can throw yourself. You're fucking riddled with anxiety and doubt being driven by this and having different feelings that don't comply with this fucking agenda. You're like very freaking confused. Why the hell am I? do I keep doing this? Well, we're trying to tell you. Something is using you for transportation and it doesn't give a shit if you want to make a left, if it wants to make a right. You're making a right. And then, oh, I didn't really want to make the left. You make up, funk the head just makes up a story to keep it cooking, Yeah. Well, I'm all confused why I do this. I'm not at all. I believe something took me over and talked to me as me, and I listened as that, yeah? I took its, its description as my description. I did. And that seemingly hopeless disease of mind and body was, I was reacting as if it was a hopeless disease of mind and body, yeah? And what the fuck? 
I'm just going to keep getting loaded until I go to, to another institution jail of death, basically. And then something stepped in and struck me sober and put an end to that fucking regime, that tyranny. Yeah. And by its ending, I could see what made it happen. Yeah. We're relying on something that's unreliable. We're relying way too much on the mental processes. Yeah. We are. We think we can think ourselves out of situations. Uh, mm. So there you go. Page 64, the sentence we're talking about, if you knew, is being convinced, being convinced, which is a present tense state, being convinced right now. What? Self. Yeah. Manifested in various ways. Well, is what has, yes, defeated who? Us. What camp am I am? Am I the, the defeater or I am the defeated? I would say I am the defeated. I am the us. So there's a singularity called self that's kill, that's destroying or defeating a plurality, can't say the word, of us. Yeah? Why? How is it doing it? Because each one takes itself to be an individual, yeah? And that individuality is fueled and reinforced by the addiction of self, by the parasitical movement of self. So you think you're terminally unique when you're not. You're just a run-of-a-mill alcoholic. You may have a nicer house, but you got the same drives. You do the same shit. You're listening to the same thoughts, yeah? And you'll probably end up, when the money rounds out and shit, where everyone else does, an institution, jail, or death. Yeah, there you go. So one thing, one thing, one driver called self has driven all these us's into a state of defeat. Wow, let's look at some of its manifestations, shall we? Okay, next paragraph, resentment. Does it say it's yours? Resentments are manifestations of self. Aren't you suspicious why you call them yours? I can I can I can believe self would call them yours, his, its, because they are, yeah? So self is telling the truth in your head. It's talking about its resentments, its fears. They're not your resentments. They're not your fears. There's fears and resentments, but they're not yours. To me, this was the key to great, great relief. When I saw self as other than me, the possibility of being free from it became available. And I've been riding that possibility ever since. Yeah. And that's what we're offering here. Hopefully with an understanding and a constant reinforcement of that understanding, just like the head is constantly reinforcing its fucking understanding. Maybe we can do something about this bondage of self. Yeah. Maybe because I'm not going to try to convince self to let go of me. I'm going to convince what I am to let go of self. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When you see someone come over and you see the Paul of them or the Mary of them, then you talk to them. 
when Paul and Mary come in and what you only hear is alcoholism, you talk a completely different way to that, don't you? I don't talk to Mary like I talk to alcoholism. I don't. Yeah, I don't talk to it that way. Yeah, as soon as I meet a person and then alcoholism introduces itself to me, I talk to them as an alcoholic because that's the dominant thing. So right then I can become a, a fortune teller. I can tell them if they've crossed the line pretty much exactly what's going to happen to them in their life. Even though they they beg to differ, I have cons I have a great faith in my forecast. Because I've seen it tons of times. Yeah. I've seen it in my own life, seen a lot of lives. Yeah. Once alcoholism starts talking as Mary to me, I tell Mary, aka alcoholism, you're fucked. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to talk about the big elephant in the room. I want to talk. No, no. There's a big fucking elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I want to have a long conversation with you? Go to a meeting and get some help. Yeah. Talking, 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 talking doesn't fucking do it. This problem has gotten very good at, as, at talking about the solution. It does. I know people that keep going out and they tell me exactly how and why they went out, but it doesn't stop them from going out. That is self-knowledge availing them nothing. Yeah. As soon as they start talking about, oh, I went back out again. I don't listen to them. I don't, I just say, listen, I don't want to hear it. Just go to a meeting, stay sober today. Yeah. Call me tomorrow or tonight. I don't want to go because the problem is going to talk about the problem. Yeah. And it could go on for 40 minutes with absolutely no solution in it. I'm sick of it, yeah? If that's not something masquerading as you, I don't know what is. Have you met people you knew as Mary and then met them as an alcoholic? Yes. There may be a Mary in there, but she's not representing herself. Something is representing her and you start knowing it, don't you? I've met thousands of alcoholics, not that many people, thousands of them. Heard the same yap, the same trip, the same this. And I don't know what happens when someone who ends up at meetings and then they stop going to meetings. What happens to them? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't think if you were choosing a vacation, it would start as, as an AA meeting, you know? So where did the, where do the people go that have nowhere else to go after they leave the place you go when you have nowhere else to go? Do they get you know suddenly better? I don't know. It just it, I just feel like the alcoholism came in and the alcoholism went out. Yeah. So haven't you had that? I've had family members that I haven't heard. I haven't heard from my nephew, Frank, in years. Every time he calls me, I by the sound of his voice, I know if he's been drinking. And then it's the same old fucking same old. 
same old. It could have been anyone I've ever met as an alcoholic. It's the same, same. Yeah. Something has taken us over and it's not us. Remember there was a weird science fiction movie, They Live or something, and it had a guy, an old world wrestling guy, Randy Piper or something, Roddy Randy Piper, and he fell upon these glasses that if he had them on, he could see the aliens. Yeah, they, they were all taking over the country, looking like humans, but as soon as you put these glasses on, you could see well, sobriety gives you sort of a pair of glasses. You can see alcoholism. You can see addicts. You can see them. <laughs> I can see them in spiritual circles. I see not, a, there's not a person. I can see addiction in spiritual circles, spiritual addiction. You can see it. Yeah. You don't have to ha I have a pair of glasses. I don't have to have a glass. Yeah. You can see it. You can see that same drive. Oh, man. Yeah. So there's a solution. Don't let the problem get there first, please. Because it's going to really fucking new to the solution. Yeah. If you see it's not you and you have a higher power of its own understanding, there's going to be so much revelation, so much downloads. Yeah, because a myopic view can only see everything myopically. It can't see it panoramically. It's just unable. It's unable. It's not, it doesn't have that ability. So if you want to look at the stars through tunnel vision, you're not going to see that many stars. And self-centeredness, if anything, is tunnel vision. Yeah. And extreme self-centeredness is extreme tunnel vision. Yeah. It doesn't open up at the end. It doesn't. It keeps that fucking, yeah. But perhaps there's a better way. Our trust going into the infinite instead of the finite self. Our interests going into the infinite instead of the finite self. And now allowing that interest to be directed by the higher power instead of by self. And then start telling the truth about how your life starts looking. Yeah. And how you feel about things and how you're traveling. Yeah. And see that that faith in the infinite brings about an ease and comfort that you never arrive at following the insane fucking advice of the self. So... Yeah, there's a solution, and, and it's a living one. Hopefully, we're in the habit of being sober, every one of us, which gives us a lot of leeway to entertain other possibilities, yeah? But what happens if the alcoholic drinks? The possibilities shrink. It's all the same remedy. Got to go to a meeting, you know? It's just fucking... That's why I think the huge difference is a recovered alcoholic calls you before they drink, an alcoholic calls you after they drink. Because the field, the possibility just fucking shrinks as soon as they drink, yeah? It just does. What are you going to do? Oh, I think you should take that that walk up the mountains in uh, fucking New Guinea. No, you're going to tell them you got to go to a meeting. Maybe you need a rehab. Something. Yes? Everything shrinks. 
same remedy for all of us. Why? Because at that point, all of us, the differences have no effect on the commonality of what's taken us over. We all need to do the same fucking thing usually to get relief from it in the beginning. And luckily we have a thing called recovery because they didn't have that before 1935. We have a thing called recovery. Hate it, love it. You know, it's an incredible system, but unfortunately people are involved. So probably gets a lot of resentments and shit like that. But in this case, the resentment may start a new meaning. So that's great. Gets good. It's good, good use to the anger. Eh? So, yeah, this is uh, the point. You tell me if or you can read self and us as the same thing in that sentence. I don't see it that way. That which has defeated us, self, what has been defeated, us. How does the defeat appear through its manifestations? Whose? Selves. Yeah, not ours. Let's look at some of the common manifestation of self. Resentment. Why do you keep calling them yours? Fear. Why do you keep calling them yours? Harms other people in the pursuit of what it wants. Why do you keep calling them yours? And especially after you've done your amends and shit like that, after you've looked at your role in things, you've had to have seen something else's role in things. Yeah. All us different, uniquely different, coming from different parents, ending up doing the same fucking thing and ending up at the same three parking spaces. There's got to be a commonality in the defeat. We're not being defeated by the many. We're being defeated by an activity, a mental one called selfing. Yeah. The defeats may look different, but the it only has a finite amount of traits. Yeah. There's not infinite selves. Yeah. It's a way of thinking and feeling and interpreting and perceiving shit that doesn't work. Any life run on it is not going to be successful. There you go. So... Thanks, Mike, once again. Hey, we're not going to be here next Tuesday. We're going to, I would suggest if you're interested in following us to look at the uh, website because we're going away to Italy for three weeks. So some of these, the, we're going to do some of these days, but next Tuesday, no, we're flying that day. So yeah, yeah. But today we got two meetings, yeah. All right, anyone, Mike? I mean, yeah, Michael. Whoever's who's running the show? Oh, hey, this is Nina. <laughs> How quickly we forget. That's right. I'm out of the I picture. Have to admit, honey, I don't see you running the show ever. So there, that's the good news. Yeah. That's true. Definitely not. That's true. Right. Definitely not. Yeah. Laying, laying on the operating table still. Yeah. How you look doesn't imply to me that Nina's running the show. That's good news. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. First of all, thank you. Thank you, Paul, uh, for your message. It's just a lot of clarity and um, a lot of weight off just listening to it um, and letting it, letting it land. Um, does anybody have any questions or, or shares they'd like to talk about related to this or recovery? 
Okay, Steve, go ahead. Hey, um, I just want to say that just yesterday and today, I seem to have my first sense of distancing from the self, the self thing going on in real time. And so I'm just grateful for that. That's all I want to share. Great. Yes. Lots re revealed in that space. Yeah. Great. Wow. Yeah. A lot of freedom and emptiness. Great. Yeah. Yep. Cool. It's inevitable. You can't lose, bro. You're on the side of the infinite. The finite always loses its breath sooner or later. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. You can't lose. Yeah, you can't. You're not of it. Yeah. <laughs> you're not. The way it can only see you, you're not of that way. Yeah, you're not. It can only <laughs> see as if it, it sees everything else from its own little view. Its view cannot encompass you. It cannot capture you. Yeah, it has nothing to do with me unless I choose to let it. That's right. It's a narration. It's not a communication. It's not communicating. It's telling yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. telling you. It's informing you. It's 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 attempting to uh, manufacture consent. Yeah. I have a halo now. Oh, great, great. Well, that <laughs> <will> also. <laughs> hey, you take care, Paul. Yeah. Never claim a halo. If someone says, whose halo is this? Just leave it. In. Don't claim it. Don't claim the halo. <laughs> or just see you're not that which claims the halo because something will claim the halo and you're not that. Hallelujah. You see this? See how it everything, if you don't get the second step, everything is sort of like an order. Don't claim the halo. And of course, something in you is going to claim the halo. So you're always set up for defeat. But if you use this understanding and go underneath that and say, I'm not that which claims the halo, there's relief there. I'm telling you, there's peace there. It's not a, we're not adding a step. It's just a, it's an unsuspected first step we're not seeing. So now we're attempting to allow that to apply itself. So when it says quit playing God, of course, that which is playing God gets into a whole thing. All right, I've got to stop playing God, which is only playing God. So this, the way this understanding is applied is, all right, you see, you hear that, quit playing God. You see that playing God saying it's the hero of quit playing God. And you see you're not that. That's the message. Seriously, as an application, that's the message. You don't immediately jump into, I've got to stop playing God. You're going to get screwed on that road. You, you, you don't you stay paused. And then you see, and, and I'm not that which is playing God. I'm not that which has to stop playing God. Hallelujah. Yeah. This is very important as an application. Because if you don't have the second step of the application, it's another order. It's another something to do. And this is not something to do. We have a program of doing, a design for living. 
this is a pair of glasses to see something while we're living that design. Yeah. So when selfing arises and claims, yeah. All right. I've got, I'm the one who's, you know, in the act of playing God, it hears it, it shouldn't play God. So then it's going to, I'm going to vow to stop playing God, which it can't do. You drop a little lower and go, hey, I'm not that, which is now talking. Yeah. As that which is playing God, saying it's vowing to stop playing God. Hallelujah. You're now free from the bondage of self. Yeah. The bondage of self is that activity of claiming. That's what it is. So you hear a message, sounds like an order of something you have to do. That's a claiming. The claiming, and now, okay. And then, of course, it has this underlying belief that you're not going to succeed. So now you feel fucking anxious. It does the whole shit. It fucks you every which way. If you just drop down one step, I'm not, it's not a huge, you're not jumping off the cliff into the void. You're just, just pausing one step back and see, all right, I've heard, got to quit playing God. Who heard that? That which is playing God. All right. I'm not that which is playing God, wanting to stop playing God. That's losing interest in playing God. There you go. I can, you can use 800 examples. We could break it down, but that's the application. If you want to apply this. Yeah. Just see if it works. Do not stop on that level that when, remember when you first came in and you read cease fighting everyone and anything. Oh, I'm going to fulfill that order. Right. For sure. I'm never going to cease fighting. You didn't see it as an effect. You saw it as another order. I did anyway. All right, I'm going to have to cease fighting everyone and anything in alcohol. Wait, wait, a, wait a minute. I have no, I can't do that. No, that's an effect that occurred over the time of practicing this program. I, I observed I stopped fighting everything and everyone for that day, and especially alcohol. Hallelujah. So the head wants to hear shit and set you up for failure as something you need to do now that you have an underlying fear that you can't do. We're dropping below that and saying you're not that humbly. And it works in this life. Yeah. Just the hearing that I was playing God was not enough. It was seeing I'm not that, which is hearing the, that I'm playing God. Yeah, I'm free from that reaction. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it will work for you. That's how it's worked with me. Yeah, it's the realization that I really, how would I put it? That selfing will go on until it stops going on. And there's, and so it's just all it needs to do is be seen as not me. Well, yes, because you always go on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going it all, on. It's all just it arising. It's just it's arising. going on doesn't mean you're not going on. This is one yeah. of the big fucking misunderstandings. We believe yeah. when it takes up the screen, it's the screen. It ain't the screen. You're the screen. Yeah. Yeah. When it's appearing to seem to fill the space, you're the space it cannot fill. This is the spiritual condition. The spiritual condition 
sees the proportion of a mental condition. The mental condition is not everywhere and all. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's not blocking out the sky. It's blocking out the lens you're looking through. The small self-centered tunnel vision, it blocks that out. And then you go to always and never. There's huge space there, always. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's why we say this too shall pass. Just don't do fucking anything too stupid because you're going to see what it says is false evidence. And you get, get, you're going to get weaned off of having it appear real all the day to you. You are. This is the process of recovery. You get weaned off of taking false evidence as appearing real. It's, it's going to happen to all of us. This is the process. Oh. So... What happens when you take false evidence as false evidence? Nothing. <laughs> a lot of things can happen now. What happens when you take false evidence as appearing real? Possibilities are severely limited, really. <laughs> uh, yep. yeah. I'm happy, bro. I can see it's yeah. nice. Uh, Traveling lighter. Yeah, great, great. Thank Great. you. Yeah. Okay, David. Yes. There we are. Hey, everybody. Hey, you David. know, I've got my toe in the water right now with Paul's lessons, but when I'm able to use them, it's just wonderful. This morning, I had a lot of little incidents that were beginning to aggravate me somebody was not was going to prevent me from reaching my deadline someone else was going to take up my time with a long explanation and i was able both times to say that deadline is not me i can just sit here calmly and the same with the explanation that frustration is not me and that's a whole new uh, way of doing and seeing and uh, just brought me a lot of peace but I still don't see it all the time. And a little while later, I was speaking with my sponsor who is familiar with Paul's lessons. And I, I'm close to retirement. And I was explaining that I was contemplating going back to school to pursue a degree. And he said, well, why don't you? That's a great idea. And I said, well, I'm just not sure that's the best outcome for my future. That's where my future should go. And he said, that sounds like self shooting a lot of fear at you. He said, you have endless possibilities of where your future go. You could sit there all your life. Wondering. He said, follow the one you want. And it was great to have another person familiar with these lessons that could shut down that fearful thinking. Anyway, thank you. I like what's happening in my life right now. Appreciate it. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. You're going to react, yes? There's going to be a reaction to what happens. So thoughts are happening, and there's reactions to them. Now, the habits for many of us are habitual now. And the habit is when a thought occurs, the assumption, never even question anymore, it's our thought. And it's about us or it's about someone else in relation to us, let's say. So the thought, 
never leave, really leaves the realm of self-centeredness. It can be about a lot of other things, but it's always you that it's about, or you're the thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah. So with, with this message in a way, we're just questioning uh, these assumptions that don't get questioned. Just like the assumption that I had after reading, being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Next hour, I probably had a conversation about my resentments with someone, and then they shared about their resentments. Yeah. And both of us tuning into the resentments, but missing the larger picture, which was the owning of the resentments, was getting passed along, as always. Yeah. So I want to I want to get really clear about resentment, but I wasn't clear about the my of the resentment. And I find humbly the my is where the bondage is. Resentment is a tool, but the my, the my is the adhesive, so to speak. Yeah. I had no idea of that until I did. And then now I've never had a new idea about it. I've always seen it that way for years now. Nothing else has come in. Yeah. The thoughts are not mine. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And I'm not thinking them. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. What a relief in a lot of ways. Because some of those thoughts seem to be bad <laughs> some, from some views or something like that. And of course, if they were mine, I'd like to hide them from certain people. And then, you know, maybe it turns into a little perversion in the background and so on and so forth. And now these thoughts have been given a lot of power through my owning them to sort of defeat me. Yeah. And the same thing with uh, actions, some actions that I believed I was the doer of, I wasn't driven by anything or nothing compelled me or wasn't a decision based on self. I just did it seemed to really be a Petri dish for a lot of guilt and shame in my life. And I did not want to visit there. And I would do a lot of things to distract myself from going there because it was uncomfortable to feel the, the fear, feel that I could be so selfish and inconsiderate and that, you know, that, that engagement was set in a Petri dish of ownership. Yeah. And all the acidity that was being produced the greatest ingredient was being missed, at least in my observing it. I wasn't seeing my role in things. I wasn't seeing that I had given this shit so much fucking meaning based on uh, that I was the only absolute untainted, unvarnished doer of it. It was all my thoughts, my intention, and I went out and did it. No, I was driven, compelled yeah, made decisions based on self that later put me in positions to be hurt. All this shit wasn't, wasn't all the equations I was trying to figure out was missing the primary number, which was the numb one, me. <laughs> and AA has, and AA through AA, AA's allowed a lot of downloads to show up at this address. Well, I got to see, uh, what I'm not, really. And there's been relief from that, a great relief. And I'm hoping to pass it on 
not my relief. I'm just going to pass on the take and see where it leads you. Hopefully, uh, as we've heard from a few of us, it's working. That's great. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Because this isn't about you have to move to another location. You got to get 24-inch biceps instead of 18-inch. It isn't. There's not a demand there. It's just a new way of looking. Yeah. Nothing has to be changed to see differently. It doesn't. Yeah. You just have to introduce other information than the same old, same old we're usually listening to with great abject faith, as it says in the we agnostic. Uh, you know, just to have that faith moved from the finite self to the infinite. Yeah. Yeah. And then share about the uh, experience of that event happening. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So thanks for the shares and, uh, you have to admit that going to meetings, it, you had to come to two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts or they're not my thoughts, obviously? Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> you can't hold on to the idea that they're uniquely yours when a lot of people you've never even met have the same thoughts and do the same shit <laughs> and felt the same way. You got to see some kind of... Uh, there's something in that, that observation that has a lot of value, yeah? Haven't you ever sat when I'll be at meetings and someone starts thinking, he's, they start sharing, oh, it's amazing how all of you seem to think just like I do and feel like just like I do. And they're going to the cliff of recognition and then they back off and there's ownership of it again. They were really close to recognizing the commonality of the problem. And then they went back into the individuality of the problem. Yeah, it was like wild. It was like they were almost, all the momentum had them going over the cliff and then the parasite sucked them back. Yeah, neutered all of it. They walked out with their thoughts, their feelings. Didn't you get a lot of relief when you started see summing some of the thoughts that you thought you were having were alcoholic thoughts? Didn't that bring some relief to you? It did to me. Like uh, our friend in San Diego said, uh, Steve, space opened up. When I saw certain thoughts that was orbiting so closely around the planet Paul, when I saw them as alcoholics, I got some space between those thoughts and me. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, and then when you see basically a whole lot of thoughts are not yours, it's a large, a large amount of space. Yeah. Yeah. The my is, the my is our pledging allegiance to the finite self. That's really what it is. You know, like when we used to go to school, I don't think they do it now. We used to pledge allegiance to the flag or whatever. This is, we're in an act of pledging allegiance to the finite self with this, this feeling of my all day, you know, my thoughts, my this, my that. Yes. It's killing us, literally. So, all right, anyone else, Mike? Oh, who else? Who's running the show? Nina, I oh. forgot. Sorry. I, I know that I'm not terminally unique. I think we've established 
just just an alcoholic. <laughs> um, actually, I really, I actually, that's one of the best things is when I hear the demand for the terminal uniqueness in others. That like that that I think really has helped me see that uh, my own <laughs> demand for terminal uniqueness. Just there's that that last moment when they really when when I hear it in someone else. Anyway, uh, I did want to ask you something, Paul, um, about sensations in the body. And I know you've talked about it a bit with anxiety and fear, but if you could just bring it back, maybe talk about it a little bit more about the interpretation, how you're talking, how selfie will tell us. Um, it seems, yeah, yeah, because yeah, that-, oh, that Selfing is a very bad interpreter of feelings. It can't fuck, it doesn't recognize it at all. <clears throat> because where does a feeling start and where does it end? It's pretty amorphous, so to speak, yes? And so the head, unwilling to admit, I don't know, <clears throat> just slaps a name on it. So it calls mental anxiety fear, which it isn't. Fear is an emotion that arises when we're in a threat. Or an apparent threat to motivate either take flight or fight supposedly yeah it has its very important purpose the head is mimicking fear through mental anxiety it has us experiencing the physical sensation of fear but very rarely the amount i don't someone told me that it does uh release a little adrenaline, but I've never had a huge amount of adrenaline. Like when I was surfing one day in the water, I saw a great white, the fin sticking out and it wasn't far from me. So man, my body just drenched me in adrenaline. The adrenaline just released and I tried to swim as fast as I could. And I got on the shore and I was just drenched with adrenaline, like rushing through me. My head, mental anxiety has not been able to to, pro, to like produce a panic attack or something like that. It hasn't been able to. I'm sure it can with others, but it does mimic the effects of fear. But it's it doesn't have an apparent threat. It's being manufactured through faith and thoughts. Yes. So we're listening to thoughts that are talking about something bad is happening or is going to happen or what definitely will be happening. And there's such a faith in that we produce, there's an effect that gets produced in the body. Our breath shortens, we feel anxious, we're concerned. Yes? This is, uh, so that's just a basic thing. I, I believe you could start telling the difference between mental anxiety and fear when you're starting to diagnose through inventories, it would be helpful, really, because you're giving mental anxiety way too much credit when you call it fear, and you're not seeing the origin of it, where it's arising from, which is the self-centeredness, the self-seeking and frightened, yeah? So there, again, someone's going to Hawaii, they're really excited, they think they're anxious. The head doesn't have a good, it doesn't interpret feelings well, does it, really? You think you're in love, but it's lust. Yeah. What what the re the reason I bring this up in particular is like I'll notice there's a ton of tension in my body, just 
nothing's happening, tension, tension. And then I'll recognize it and I'll do like six and seven, right? And, yeah. and it works, it works. But unless I'm even noticing that my body's doing that, I don't know that I'm not relaxed, let's say. Do you know what oh, I mean? You can, ask, you can ask for more of that to be revealed now that you're ready to put it in the recycling bin. Yeah. I feel like that's a sneaky, it's like a, it's a way it gets, it gets, it gives the thoughts something to grab onto, if you know what I mean? Or it's, it's grabbing onto me, literally. Well, you see it because obviously it's not happening. So it's, it, it's believing it's going to happen. Yeah. So the mental state, blows a lot of its wind through the the horn of past and future. You got to know that. So it's playing an old tune and you're sitting now in a comfortable place, but with a lot of tension in the body. Yeah. You guess you can actually just start catching your shoulders and dropping them, pulling them up a little and let them drop and just take a breath. And these are easy ways to, get yourself into the habit of recognizing it because we've just adapted to ways of dealing with it by avoiding it or ignoring it. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Have, there's been a response. There has been a reaction to all of this. Uh, the conditions that the self-centeredness produces, we've learned to live with it, but it's unlivable in a lot of ways, but we learn to live with it. So like if, when I was out there, if my right arm was bleeding, I would just look left all day. That's how I would deal with things. Seriously. I mean, if I got caught in a lie, I just kept lying for months. My girlfriend knew I had taken her grandmother's silverware and sold it for Coke because she had talked to the guy I sold it to Coke for Coke to. And I, she caught me and I just refused to admit it for months. <laughs> that was an old groove. Yeah. Now I've been introduced to a new life and there's a new attitude and a new outlook and there's a new happiness and a new freedom. And what you do with the old is recycle it in step six and seven. It's a giant recycle bin. Take advantage of it. Yes. My old ways of working things out didn't, didn't work. When they appear, which they will, I, re I bring them to step six and seven. And I ask that power that keeps me sober and got me sober to, to reconfigure that energy and put it to a better use. Yeah. That's the process of recovery, six and seven. And if you do six and seven sufficiently, you won't have to do much of eight or nine because you won't fucking have an amend to do because it didn't get to that level because you put it in the recycle bin at step six and seven. Yeah. So you, you're going to, there's going to, there's not going to be more awareness. There's going to be, you'll be aware of more stuff. This is what happens. Yeah. To survive in the world of self, you become unaware. It has to make you quite unaware of a lot of shit or it would be unbearable to sit with. Yeah, those days are over. So now that those forbidden, you know, storage units, open them up, bring them out, let them show themselves and bring them through six and seven and they'll get reconfigured. It's like 
bringing all your old gold jewelry to a place, they're not going to keep the jewelry. They're going to melt it down and use the gold for something else. So this is what we're doing. So the jewelry of bondage of self, we're going to bring it to six and seven, and it's going to melt it down and, and use that gold that was formed in such a weird fucking handcuff bracelet, and it was it's going to put it to better use. This is the spirit of six and seven. You can do six and seven at a meeting. When you hear someone talk about something concerning alcoholism and it gives you a little twist, hey, I'm entirely ready to have... It's best when you can catch it coming out, out of the oven, really. You know, I'm entirely ready to have this reconfigured and I ask that power to do it. Yeah. It's an hour meeting isn't a vacation from step six and seven. It usually brings up alcoholism. I can hear it in others. Yeah, and I bring that to six and seven. Yeah. Didn't you feel when I did step nine, I felt like presence came into my life. All that had been auctioned into the past and denying it and hiding it and distracting myself from it. A lot of me, what I am, showed back up after step nine. I felt I was present and the presence was bigger than before. Because my the past had had uh, had frozen my living water, so to speak, in I like ice cube trays, yeah. And then they got thawed and melted, and that water has been put to much greater use. Yeah, and I felt a huge like a swoosh. I felt like there's a lot of me here, yeah. It was fantastic. Step nine had a huge effect on me because obviously one of the way where the playing God really appears to be playing God is in the past, <laughs> man, literally. It has you held in ransom from the past. Some people are still paying that extortion after 40 years because they're rooted in the belief they were they were the doer of everything that's ever happened through them. They've got to give themselves a break and realize you're driven. You were, it was self-imposed. You were compelled. Something used you to do that shit. It's time to have a little bit of forgiveness around it. Yeah. We always talk about it, you know, even in American judicial system, they have a statute of limitations. Do you believe the head has a statute of limitations? Doesn't seem like it. He'll remember shit that even never even really happened for 50 years and pound away at you, right? Most people aren't afraid of going to prison. They're living out of prison sentence. They're living out of prison sentence. They've been convicted and they have faith in that conviction. Their head has tell them, you've done things that you shouldn't have done, and you're going to pay for it. And there's a great belief in that. Most people are living out prison sentences, really. I see a lot. You, know, you go through the routine of asking for a probation hearing, but you really believe you don't deserve the probation. Yeah, because I, I did that shit. This is the bondage of self in all of its forms, yeah? Yeah. You're not that important to have had such an influence. 
<laughs> really not. Have you ever had a done an inventory, an amend, where you thought you had ruined a person's life? They don't even remember what you fucking did. Your big moment after 20 years of trying to avoid it, I'm going to finally face the person who I ruined their life. They go, what? I don't remember. Who are you? I don't remember knowing you in school. What? <laughs> the outer proportion shit the head makes is mind boggling. That's why you got to bring it out into the objective view of others and it'll, it'll shrink. Some of this shit that you think is so big, if you share it with your sponsor, it will just shrink to a completely different size. <laughs> yeah. You're not the destroyer of life. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. You're not that important. You're not really. <laughs> <laughs> I do when I'm in the backyard I do not believe anyone is keenly interested in me being in the backyard the nearest neighbors people from where no I'm an unthought of unthought about possibility roaming around the backyard what relief yes <laughs> This could rock the world if I make a left on Sunset Boulevard. No, you'll just be seen as other fucking people walking on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. <clears throat> people don't want it. They don't have a drive to remember you like you do. <laughs> they're, they, they're busy remembering themselves. <laughs> 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 yeah well thanks nina yes do you believe that your head can interpret feelings even in this it, it's not even close usually uh, yeah no i i it's so helpful because that like i've been convinced that they cannot and that being convinced of that is really really helpful um to to open yes. You know, seriously, because I think that drove a lot of uh, believing this, believing self or, you know, however you want to put it. And so recognizing that, um, that part of it, that, yeah. Yes. Or come to peace with it. So here, contempt prior to investigation. I see that and I'm okay with it too, you know. Yeah, you know what I mean? It doesn't motivate me. I'm going to become a professional wrestler now. You know, I just, yeah, it's okay. I don't well, want I to do mean, I just mean not to follow its directions. In other words, oh, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's, sometimes it's causing me physical pain. Like the tension is causing me pain in my body. And, I have, and when I can see it, then I can go, oh, let go. And then it, literally the pain will release. And I had no idea that's what even was happening. And I think humbly that you need to every once in a while actively go against its uh, take. Step out of your comfort zones. I do. Humbly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then honor the effect it has because When the largeness gets demonstrated, it's important, I feel, to honor it. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. To point out that that thing that was telling you was wrong. Yeah. So you start breaking it. Yeah. 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 Ignoring it and then doing, going and doing physical activity, stuff like that. Going to be around people, things like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Walk in with your contempt prior to investigation into the investigation room. Yeah. And then what will get investigated is the contempt prior to investigation finally. <laughs> yeah, you'll see it. <laughs> you'll see it actively. I don't mean see it as a topic at a meeting. You'll see the act of it doing itself. Yeah. You'll see the act of the head having contempt prior to investigation. You'll see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. It, I went into a meeting last night. I, as soon as I came in, it was doing it. It was doing it. It was doing it, and then, and then, shh, it was gone. Yes. It was gone, and then and and higher power came through, and it was wonderful. You know. That's right. So that's why it says that uh, this shit too will pass. It doesn't have. It doesn't. It can't. It can't uh, outweigh the higher power. It's beautiful. So if you go to a meeting, it usually breaks its back in 10 or 12 minutes. Yeah. But if it has you not going to the meeting, then it has influence for hours. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually on, you'd love this. I was on the phone with someone and uh, talking. And after a while, I was like, I have to stop talking about me because this is really, really unhelpful. <laughs> and then I put down the phone and I went to the meeting, you know, and it was great. There you go. Honey. There it is. There's an example right there. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> you got to get it. The habit of being sober is produced. Yeah, it's produced. You start doing differently than the head says and you get in a new habit. I mean, I could hear it. I could hear me. And I was like, no, nope. everywhere it was going was <laughs> the wrong direction. Exactly. Great. So this is how you break the camel's back. Yeah. 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 Great. Very good. Anybody else want to share? I think that's it. I think that's it. Are we good? Okay. Yeah, unless somebody has, uh, there's no burning desires, no. No. All right, can I, I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. Eh? If I can, here we go. We got David in South Carolina. David, thank you for the donation. Appreciate it very much. Uh, yeah, very much. We got Kerry, our friend in Hawaii. Nice to see you. We're going to be here today at 4.30 Pacific time. Yeah. But next Tuesday, we will not have this meeting. Nor the, nor the uh, 4.30 meeting. Mickey Smith. Nice to see you, honey. As always. Thanks for sticking with us. Michael Stacy. Thank you, Michael. Alan Vegas. Yep. Nina. Thank you for the service, honey. Yes. Joseph. S, always a pleasure to see Joseph. 
he has the key to the kingdom. He know how he knows how to get to the to the YouTube videos. <laughs> Andrea, nice to meet you, Andrea. Jacob, as always. Joseph, I'm gonna be uh, nice to see you, Joseph. Mia, where, Mia is in. I guess she's in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. We got the package of vitamin C and zinc. That's great. Thank you very much. John S. Florida. Rico Cruz, a man of his word. Mika. Nice to see you, Mika, in Finland. Chris B., as always, Massachusetts. Andrew. Nice to see Andrew. Greg in Minneapolis. Are you in Minneapolis now, Greg? No, I'm in Miranda's backyard. Oh, in Miranda. Tell Miranda uh, I'll send her some pictures today. Yeah, I think she's there. Yeah. Oh, she's here. All right. Or here, yeah. Jeffrey, Seattle, delivering something. I don't know what it is now. The eyes still? Oh, all right, good. Interesting, very uh, symbolic job. Delivering eyes for so people can see. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Roman, Muda, uh-oh. The countdown is on its way. Yes, I'll see you soon in uh, Sicily. I see someone with an iPhone and the car is moving. I think that was, uh, there he is. Sean, nice to see you. He's got a bird on his shoulder. I thought I was. I thought you were eating canaries, but it's actually a, a, a parakeet, eh? Cockatiel. Cockatiel. Yeah, I was yeah. close. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pretty interesting. Thanks for thanks for everything, Paul. It's helping. Oh, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, great. Yeah. John K. As always, Tom M. Rob in Kentucky. He has resurfaced. Uh, we got Cassandra. Dennis, Christine and Kona, Anu, oh, nice, nice Anu's here. Rich here, Rich now in the UK, Crispy in Mammoth Lakes. Uh, I think that's it. Hey, I'll see some people soon, uh, 4.30 Pacific time. And uh, the rest of the week, the talks are as scheduled. It's next week, things are gonna change. So just look at the website. Because I think we fly out Tuesday or Monday. So, all right. See you. Bye-bye. See you later. Thanks, Paul. Yeah.